0: Before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you guys know that I have a Patreon. A few of you know about it, many of you don't. So hello, I have a Patreon. I have a special welcome offer that ends December 6th and we'll get free custom pins if you guys join the Patreon. And there are only nine spots left for Casper's pack, which will include paw prints from Casper. So multiple times a year, you're gonna get letters from myself and Casper. And I have a special doggy safe ink so that he can stamp his paw. Other cool benefits include, I'm hanging out on the VCs quite a bit. You guys are really fun to talk to. So I'm actually having a great time over there inside our private Discord server, but we also have extra episodes that go up on Saturdays that are Patreon only, as well as access to see outlines and research for future episodes. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, make sure to check out the Patreon, link is in the description. Natura, a parent of many MLMs and an MLM of their own, They claim to strive for transparency and sustainability. And I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised by how much they managed to do so. Are ethical MLMs possible when they have a good product, even with their horrible business model? Well, today, that's what we're going to be finding out. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Multi-Level Mondays. Today, we're talking about a company that's been requested quite a few times in my comments, Natura. Apparently, they try very, very hard not to present themselves like an MLM, considering the bad reputation these legal pyramid-type schemes have among the general public, and deservedly so. It's funny, though, because even though my sources say they try to distance themselves from that label, Natara & Co. owns Avon, one of the most well-known notorious MLMs out there, and one that I've already discussed in a previous episode, too. At the same time, they already own The Body Shop, which I know many of you didn't know was an MLM, judging by some of the comments I received from that episode. All in all, Natura & Co. owns Natura, Avon, which was acquired in 2020, The Body Shop, which was acquired in 2017, and Aesop, which they fully acquired in 2016. But today we're going to be discussing Natra and Aesop since we've already discussed Avon and the Body Shop in the past. So let's take a look if these MLMs are just as bad as their siblings. Natra was founded in 1969 by Antonio Luis Siebra as a door-to-door business. At that time, Antonio had been working as an economist at the Brazil office of the Remington Electric Shavers Division of Sperry Rand Corporation when he founded Natura and he had $9,000 in cash and a handful of cosmetic foundations by Jean-Pierre Bourgeot Not much is said about Jean-Pierre and his formulas in my sources, but we do know that he opened a small shop in Sao Paulo that was meant to be a luxury boutique with a staff of four promoting the natural creams and lotions. According to my sources, he gave consultations there, coaching clients on how to use the products correctly and promising therapeutic benefits. They were difficult years, he recalled, speaking in 1998 with Nelson Belcher of Brazilian business magazine Exame. Sometimes there wasn't even money to pay the light bill. This changed in 1974 when Natura abandoned retailing in favor of direct sales by door-to-door salespeople working on commission. During this period, the company developed a network of 2,000 salespeople and raised its annual sales to $5 million. Among the benefits of direct sales, according to one of Sierra's partners, was that it enabled Natura to anticipate consumer trends in its fickle field before retailers could do so. In addition, this marketing method was said to make it easier for the company to promote and sell all of its products, whereas retailers tended to concentrate their efforts on only a few hot selling items. And that's pretty much the moment they became an MLM. And I have no problem with actual salespeople. I've even been one myself. I used to work in the auto industry. But the massive difference between MLM distributors and salespeople is that with MLMs, you need to recruit others to even have a hope of making money. When I was in car sales, I didn't get extra money if someone I knew came in and got a job also selling cars. Like That just didn't happen. It's either you sell cars or you don't. the point is though, the 1970s were rife with MLMs, but especially in the cosmetics market. Mark K dominated the market at that time and the New York Times reported that MLMs were number one cause of fraud plaguing consumers at that time. According to their 1973 article, this pyramiding type of sales organization plan, which has been compared to the illegal chain letter scheme is under attack in many state jurisdictions and is also being investigated by the Federal Trade Commission. Given that large, well-known sources were speaking out against this business model at the time, I don't really know why he thought this would be a good idea. Maybe he figured he would be at the top and didn't wanna struggle to pay the light bill anymore. Who knows? Whatever the case may be, Cebra and Jean-Pierre financed their expansion by founding related companies with outside entrepreneurs. By 1986, Natura was fielding 16,000 consultants, averaging growth of 40% per year, and dominating high-end door-to-door sales of cosmetics in Brazil. That year, the company introduced Kronos, a facial skincare treatment for fine lines and wrinkles that was the first in Brazil to promote cell renewal. This line exceeded the company's own expectations by accounting for sales of 90,000 units, scarcely in its first month and a half. Kronos remained a natural staple, but not all of the company's endeavors were successful. Another line called Numino was a failure, taking the enterprise into neighboring countries proved premature. Natura also tried retailing again, but abandoned the effort after losing $2 million in 1987. A crisis involving company shares in the late 1980s resulted in Bruchot's departure and the five autonomous enterprises were merged into Natura in 1989. So why have so many distributorships and other companies beneath them? Well, a distributorship is defined as a franchise granted by a manufacturer or company to market its goods. My theory is that Natura had so many of these because if they marketed as different names and had these storefronts, it achieved several things. One is that they could give their sellers the illusion of owning their own business, just like how Herbalife distributors may run brick and mortar shops with names like Nutrition Club. They can call themselves a cafe, a bar, a brunch, whatever the hell they want, all while just being a front for Herbalife. That brings me to the second reason, deception. Some people don't want to associate with MLMs, whether because of legal troubles with the business model or a negative former experience. However, you might not know if a cafe is a front for Herbalife or that Kronos is owned by Natura if they don't disclose it. Even if Kronos is very clearly a Natura brand, you may not question if it's an MLM and that they're just a front. Today, if you go to the Natura website, it's very obvious that Kronos is owned by them. I wasn't able to find any Brazilian sources from the 80s that spoke about Kronos or Numina stores closing or disclosing and not disclosing if they were owned by Natura, so I don't want to make any assumptions. That's only my opinion based on how I've seen MLMs behave in the past, so feel free to take that or leave it. As for the rest of Natura's history though, their sales had $180 million in 1990, but promptly fell because of the recession in Brazil and they ended up dismissing 15% of their employees. To keep up, they started recruiting experienced executives from larger companies like the Brazil branches of Johnson & Johnson and Procter & Gamble, as well as investing in technology and quality control. By 1993, they were on track again, introducing perfumes, and in 1994, they reached $350 million in revenue. The following year, the company had a 14% share of the Brazilian market for cosmetics and personal hygiene products, and was offering 250 different kinds of perfumes, shampoos, creams, and lipsticks. It was fielding 105,000 salespeople, mostly in Brazil, but also in Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, and Peru. The next year, 1996, was even better. Natura's revenues reached $580 million, of which some 20% came from third-party goods, such as lingerie and jewelry. Another recession in 1998 and 1999 put a massive dent in their profits and employees were, you know, let go again, but just like before they recovered. By 2005, they opened retail outlets in Paris and Mexico City. My sources actually claim that their sales growth has grown 155% in 2020, and that's potentially because more people signed up to be distributors when the pandemic hit. After all, the body shop took a hiatus from direct selling for ages, but in May, 2020, they announced they'd restart direct selling in the United States to help mitigate revenue loss from their stores closing. The point here is just to say that Natura is doing fine, unfortunately. Now, we've got a good sense of their company history, so let's take a look at some of those products. I don't dwell on this section for as long as Natura seems to be pretty typical for an MLM skin brand. No matter whether it's Ecos, Kronos, Yucuba, or other various brand names for their products that they use, each one seems incredibly expensive. They have $28 body scrubs, a $23 hydrating shampoo, a $60 daily revitalizing oil. And according to my sources, the revitalizing oil is also similar to Chalmugra oil, which has been used to help treat leprosy. It can be used to treat skin problems. So there is some legitimacy to selling this product for your face, but it also doesn't have to be nearly this expensive when you can buy this oil online for $10. Their perfumes are also pricey, a few are under $50, but many are closer to 70 or $100. And the reviews are mostly positive online, speaking to how natural the products are. And of course, while we know there's no real regulation around these terms in the United States, I decided to look up if this was the case for Brazil, where Natura is headquartered and thrives. And according to my source, in Brazil, there is no specific regulation that defines the criteria for natural or organic cosmetics. For that reason, every company which desires to regularize their products are subject to the same requirements as conventional cosmetics. The Brazilian Health Regulatory Agency is the body that regulates the manufacturing of cosmetics in the country and defines guidelines and technical requirements for the making of these products. As for these discussions, the ABIHPEC internalized the ISO 16128, which sets important concepts that can be applied to the sector's products. They are as follows, natural and natural derivative, mineral and mineral derivative, organic and organic derivative, This ISO is divided into two parts. The first part was published in 2016 and presents a definition guide for organic and natural cosmetic products and ingredients. The second part, however, deals with the criteria which needs to be met so that the ingredients and cosmetics are classified, according to the definitions described in part one. I have to give Brazil credit for trying to define what natural means, even if the regulation itself doesn't exist. In the absence of these laws, many companies will go national and international certifying bodies to give their products a stamp that proves the properties of their cosmetics. So this being said, I went back to the Natura website to see what was going on there. Now, let me preface this by saying this was my experience on their site, and if you have a different one, that's great. I don't wanna go looking for trouble when there isn't any. But when I was scrolling through their site, a bar at the bottom showed up called our certifications. And when I scrolled to click on it, a bar appeared then vanished the moment I tried to click again to investigate further. I have no idea if the website was just acting buggy for me, it was a bad day or what, but that was a little weird. The funny thing is they have this little our certifications in the corner with our commitments on the rest of the header. Under commitments, they say they're committed to the climate, ecological packaging, natural origin formulas, and being 100% vegan. Yet the only certifications I can actually see are the Certified B Corporation, which means they're required to consider their ecological impact. They're certified cruelty-free, and then there looks to be a third certification that's blocked out entirely from the help button. It does feel a bit shady to me that the bar that read our certifications and then what popped up was not certifications, just things they're claiming to strive to do. Secondly, if they really have all these commitments to the environment and nature, then why not make that information easy to find? If they're committed to being vegan, why not have a vegan certification? On the other hand, some sources such as Fortune Magazine claim that they genuinely are making massive steps forward in the beauty world since they aren't selling in China where animal testing is required. So on the surface, this seems pretty good and genuinely they have environmentally friendly products. But how true is this really? Well, that's what we're gonna find out after the sponsor break. So perhaps you like to eat good, eat healthy, that's great. But are you cleaning clean too? Because this is bonkers. We may be eating a credit card's worth of plastic each week thanks to tons and tons of single-use plastic we throw out. And yeah, these things called plastic microfibers are in our water supply right now. But Blueland is one of the first companies taking a step to try and fix that. They believe a cleaner planet starts at home, and it's a simple idea. Buy the bottle once, refill it forever. No more plastic waste. Just fill Blue Land's beautiful bottles with warm water, pop in a hand soap or spray cleaner tablet, and just a couple minutes later, boom, you've got powerful cleaning products. Not to mention they come in dreamy scents like rose bergamot and lily mint. I've had some Blueland products now for a bit over a month and I've been doing general cleaning here and there. Casper's been getting back into digging. So he's dragging mud back into the house and dirt. So I've been having to clean my floors a lot more often now. So it's pretty important to me that obviously it's going to clean and it's going to clean well. And the added benefit that I just pop in a tab into the same bottle and just keep going. I don't have to keep searching around the house or buying new products over and over and over again and keep throwing out bottles. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash MLM. That's 15% off your first order of any products on blueland.com slash MLM, blueland.com slash MLM. Now, some of us, if not most of us are still working from home right now with perhaps less virus protection, yet every day we're hearing more and more troubling stories about cyber attacks that disrupt our basic infrastructure. So it's time we all had a serious think about our cybersecurity. Avast has been a global leader in cybersecurity for more than 30 years and is trusted by over 435 million users. Avast One's award-winning antivirus stops viruses and malware from harming your devices. They provide ransomware protection that secures your personal photos, documents, and other files from being modified, deleted, or encrypted by ransomware attacks. One of my favorite features is obviously ease of use cause I'm not a super tech savvy person. So I need it to be simple, easy and be able to run itself on its own time. And I can do what I need to do to get work done. So I appreciate that Avast one is easy to install and it literally will just do its thing. Avast prevents over 1.5 billion attacks every month. And with Avast One, you can confidently take control of your online world without worrying about viruses, phishing attacks, ransomware, hacking attempts, or other cybercrimes. Learn more about Avast One at avast.com. One of my sources praises them for transparency, accountability, and ethical treatment of employees. They state that many of Natura's products are based on indigenous Brazilian fruits and vegetables, such as the now trendy Acai, Maracuja, and Pitanga. These are harvested by farmers in small communities, usually in the Amazon region, and 3% of company profits are invested back into the communities to improve education and infrastructure. Harvesting operations are designed to be sustainable. Full time employees receive private supplemental insurance, and over 75% of employees participate in the company's profit sharing program. More than 50% of Natura's managers are women. Natura produces an annual report that is reviewed and validated by a third party and is accessible to the public. It covers details on water use, power use, and waste production. The company uses renewable energy generated on site and keeps track of its greenhouse gas emissions, with a goal toward becoming carbon neutral. Its packaging is made from recycled materials. Yet at the same time, their products do have chemicals like parfum, carcinogenic PEG compounds, coal tar dyes, laurel sulfates, and many others. This writer claims that they avoid Natura products because of the chemicals now, and says that a truly green earthy company should make as clean a product as possible. And there's sort of a gray area here. I'll be honest, I don't think I fully agree with the writer. While I think carcinogenic compounds should not be in there, there are other portions, there are other chemicals that do help your skin. Still, I can understand where this article is coming from. Natura markets itself as being natural and green, so often that you look at their ingredient list and it gives you whiplash. It feels hypocritical and almost dishonest for them to highlight the natural or earthy ingredients in their products, like the Brazilian plants, when then they have an ingredient list that's a mile long with all sorts of other crap in it. These days, I really see companies pushing to claim that they're high-tech with scientifically proven ingredients or they're all natural. When can we admit that both have certain good purposes? That aside, I won't lie. I was pleasantly surprised to learn about their transparency. And that's far more than I can say about I think any MLM I've actually covered on this channel. They seem to be serious about committing to the environment and Reuters reported in 2019 that, soon to become the world's fourth largest beauty group after acquiring rival Avon Products Incorporated, Natra is advocating sustainable development of the Amazon without antagonizing right-wing president, Jair Bolsonaro, who was called for greater economic exploitation of the vast region. Natura, which makes many cosmetics using natural additives from the Amazon, convened meetings to improve dialogue between government officials, NGOs, and local communities as deforestation in Brazil's Amazon region hit an 11-year high this year. So is Natura actually putting their money where their mouth is and striving for sustainability? It might actually seem that way. I'll give a company credit where credit is due, and I have to admit that Natura has earned far more credit than I thought possible. Unfortunately, though, things aren't all perfect on the environmental side of things. Back in 2010 and 2011, Natra was accused of not respecting the protocol for access to the country's biodiversity and was sued for $12.5 million by IBAMA, or the Brazilian Institute for the Environment and Renewable Natural Resources. Reuters stated at the time that Natra planned on appealing the fine they received for making improper use of generic material native to Brazil. Apparently, since many companies patent products from rare plants and animals without adequately compensating the country or indigenous communities, the Brazilian environmental authorities had to start cracking down. Natra was part of this, proving that while they have a fantastic reputation in terms of environmentalism and going green now, it wasn't always that way. I have to wonder if they're truly sustainable because they want to be, or if they simply gave themselves a makeover to look and rake in more money that way. They have had a few other issues as well, such as a data breach in 2020. My source about that writes, nobody gets a free pass when it comes to data breaches. Natura, one of Brazil's largest cosmetic companies accidentally exposed the personal identifiable information of nearly 192 million customers. The leaky database discovered last month by safety detectives led by cybersecurity researcher, Anak Seg, was hosted on two unprotected US-based Amazon servers and contained between 272 gigabytes and 1.3 terabytes of data belonging to the company. In yesterday's report, the researchers noted that more than 250,000 customers had previously ordered beauty products from the website that had their personal information made available to the public without Natura's knowledge. Even so, I figured Avon and the body shop's parent company would have far more issues than this. It's such a shame that they operate as an MLM because of their reputation, sustainability goals, and massive consumer base. They could do some incredible things. If only they paid the people that work for them. We're gonna set Natura aside for just a moment though, as we still have one branch of this company family tree that needs to be talked about. The company they'd adopt years later, Aesop. Aesop was founded in Armdale, Melbourne in 1987 by the hairdresser, Dennis Pafitis. They have more of a high-tech scientific vibe going on as all their packaging are these brown glass bottles and labels that make it look like some sort of old school pharmacy. They also call their products formulation. So that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting. Suzanne Santos, the Australian country manager also feels this way. We don't call ourselves natural, she says, marking it as a deliberate point of difference. We fit into a category that is really comfortable for us and really uncomfortable for other brands. We celebrate science and understand that you need a blend of well-chosen man-made ingredients with exceptional botanical ingredients to make remarkable products. And I can somewhat agree with Santos here. While not everyone who wants a natural product doesn't believe in or appreciate science in their skincare, it sometimes can feel that way. Aesop has also spread to New York City in recent years, though their reviews aren't as glowing as their parent company. On the website Makeup Alley, Aesop Parsley Seed Facial Cleanser has an average of 3.6 out of five stars. Positive reviews for this product are mostly from those with oily and acne prone skin, who also mention it works well to decrease oiliness and clean the skin. However, there are several reviews from customers who weren't impressed with this cleanser, especially considering the price. For example, one reviewer shares, there is absolutely nothing special about this cleanser that would justify the high price. Yes, it does clean nicely, is mild, has a nice foam and a pleasant herbal smell, but so do many other cleansers. Aesop Bitter Orange Astringent Toner has an average of 3.3 out of five stars. These Aesop skincare reviews reveal that customers can really tell how much alcohol is used in this toner. For example, one reviewer shares, this stuff smells really lovely and has a really nice apothecary packaging, and those are the only pros. The fact is it's alcohol-based and will do more harm than good. It's really harsh on the skin. I wouldn't recommend putting it on your face. Also, the strong fragrance irritated my eyes. Not worth buying for that price. The gym review also said that generally speaking, they weren't impressed with Aesop. Some products contained high concentrations of ingredients and a ton of fragrance, neither of which are beneficial. That doesn't mean their products are absolutely going to harm you, but they're not as great as they could be either. Relatively speaking, there's just a few key issues I have with Aesop and Natura. At least not many as I thought I would say I have, you know, versus companies like Herbalife, Amway, or Beachbody. However, my problem seems to stem from the hypocrisy here. You've got Natra talking about how natural is the only way to go, yet Aesop doesn't feel that way by any means. Natra also emphasizes how much they care about the environment, but they support other companies that don't feel the same. After all, Avon insists that none of their products are tested on animals globally, yet they also manufacture in China where animal testing was mandatory. And China has slowly begun moving away from requiring this, but only very recently. Sources like Ethical Elephant and Cruelty-Free Kitty say this puts them in a gray area list. Then again, other sources claim that Avon has been making vast improvements in recent years. After all, Natura only acquired them recently. So could it be that Natura wants to change them for the better in their opinion? This year, one of my sources wrote, another key example is sustainability. As expressed by Ms. Adams, the world needs to be a space with zero carbon emissions. Therefore, Avon is responsible for not developing products that contribute to global warming and has made us develop packaging and materials that do not affect the environment. We are very proud to know that 80% of our packaging in Guatemala and Latin America, for instance, is recyclable, reusable. These are two examples of the transformations we are developing for the future. Hell, we've seen the same thing with the body shop around the same time it was acquired. They launched a strategy to become more ethical and sustainable, starting with new packaging. Despite the many, many issues I have with them, I won't pretend that this isn't a good move. They've started using the air carbon product made from methane and carbon dioxide captured from farms, landfills, and energy facilities that would otherwise contribute to global warming. My source claims that even though it's already been used by Dell and Laptop Packaging, the body shop will be the first to use it for cosmetics. All in all, I can't agree with the business model, yet I don't have nearly as many problems with this company as I thought I would. If they weren't taking advantage of people and sales folks in particular and creating this pyramid scheme type business model, I might even like this company. I don't condone Avon and The Body Shop after what they've done over the years. And again, I have other episodes detailing that a lot, Uh, but it doesn't seem like Natra is condoning or supporting that either, considering the sustainability changes they're trying to make within the company. It's almost impossible to find Natura compensation claims and the only real way to make money is through recruitment and many people are doomed to fail selling these types of products when they can't get a massive downline. There are upfront costs as well between 49 to $199 for a kit. So distributors are absolutely some of Natura's customers and their price can be high, making it hard to sell. According to another one of my sources discussing MLMs, The commission rates from the sales can be 25% to 30%, but the biggest problem I see is that the same products can be bought from places such as Amazon, online stores. The biggest problem is that anyone can walk into a physical store of the body shop and just buy the product there. In these cases, your potential customers may get a bigger discount by visiting any of these options. For example, the body shop quite often offers three items for the price of two in their stores. This is why it can be hard to sell as a rep. So are you likely to make money with Natura? Probably not. But I think it gets the award for the least terrible MLM I've covered when you consider how sustainable they are and the actions they've taken to prove that they do care about the environment. Natra does seem to be making an effort to do good for the planet and to insist that Avon, Aesop, and The Body Shop do the same. Frankly, this has only made me wanna speak to the CEO of Natra and ask one question, why? Why would a company that clearly has the potential to do good not want to do right by those working for them? It's a shame that they can't be both, good for the planet and good for the people that work for them. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode. If any of you happen to live in Brazil and know more about this company than I could uncover, please feel free to let me know, I'm absolutely curious. But that's where we're going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. If you enjoyed it, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing so that you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. I appreciate you spending some of your time here with me today and I'll see you in the next one, bye.